0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. This is episode eight for Thursday, April 6th. With me, as always, Chris Salomone from Four Eyes Furniture. What's up, everybody? And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hello. What's going on this week? Who wants to take it off? I will. Or start us off. I don't know what take it off Take means. off your shirt, Ben. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, 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 no. Um, so right now, uh, I'm just finishing up uh, a plywood table that's made out of one sheet of three quarter inch thick plywood
0: that thing looks cool
1: yeah i teased it on uh, my instagram and the sort of genesis of the project was actually a couple things one when we were talking about two by two two by four challenges um i was sort of thinking about sort of challenges with limited amounts of material like a two by four or in this case a sheet of plywood the other thing is that I've been working on a program that I'm going to get started with uh, Inventables to incorporate more CNCs. And when a, it, it's funny that thinking about CNC machines made me actually want to do a plywood project without a CNC machine. Right. Um, and it was because so <laughs> yeah. often I talk to architecture students, and so this this, this kid the other day. Uh, I was talking to him. And he was saying, like, "Oh, you know, I, I, I'm really interested in furniture, but you know, I just don't have access to a CNC, so I can't do it." I was just like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Like game over?" You, there, right? There's so much you, you can do. So there's that perception out there, right, that you can't you can't make cool plywood furniture without you know an expensive CNC machine. That's weird. So I love CNCs. You can do awesome, amazing stuff with them. But you can still do awesome stuff with just a circular saw. So I took one sheet of plywood, and I tried seeing, you know, what kind of table I could produce using just a circular saw and a drill. So I cut up the sheet, glued and screwed the pieces together, and uh, now I have like a pretty sturdy table that used exactly one sheet. I think I have like one little scrap piece and some sawdust. But uh,
0: that's what I was about to ask if you had anything left over.
1: Yeah, but I'm now building a second one where I use exactly all of the one sheet.
0: There you go. Nice. Chris, what do you got, dude? Uh,
2: a couple of things, but actually real quick, before I started, I wanted to uh, take a second real quick. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of uh, messages and questions and stuff from the audience. So I just wanted to take a second to say that You know, it's going to be hard to answer them all, but we definitely read them all, and we appreciate them. And I'm sure you guys get individual messages as well. So I just wanted to take a second to read one that I thought was particularly nice that came in. This uh, came from a fellow named Daniel, and he says, I'm really digging the podcast. The three of you have great chemistry, and even though you're only six episodes in, it feels like you've been at it for years. You, Ben, and Mark have a good thing going
1: keep it up i'll be tuning in every thursday so man, daniel from I
2: me this guy from me and on behalf of ben and mark thank you <laughs> man, no, man. but seriously thanks everybody for all the feedback it's been good so far um so anyway that's funny. what i've been working on so the the one-legged cabinet video will be up soon uh i put a picture up on instagram so that's the first place i put anything so that's another reason to go follow the modern maker podcast on instagram or Modern Maker podcast on Instagram. You can be the one of the cool kids first to see it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I hung out yesterday with Will Walker. I don't know if, if you guys know him. Um, he he had been planning to come in for a while, so we decided to make a day of it. He came over. We wanted to think of something that we could do. So I don't know if you guys get this a lot. I get it a lot, probably more than you, the two of you do. I get people telling me that I need to get a card scraper. Has anybody ever told you that?
0: I've gotten one. I've I oh, had a few well, people go. tell me, but it was more like saying other people use them. I wanted to get one, but I bought a card scraper without buying a burnisher. So I was like, yeah. I, I don't even like... I can't are even it, are those a... the
1: people that tell you that how like how bad sandpaper is?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they're just
2: basically saying like, hey man, like you got to try this out. You're going to love it. So I was like, all right, I'll break down. Right. I bought one, did the same, made the same mistake that Mike made. Um, yep. <laughs> I had never used one before. So anyway, I already knew that Will was coming and I was pretty sure that he knew how to use them so i was like hey why don't we make a video about just how to use a card scrape it'll you know give us something to do the first time we're hanging out and everything so
0: and it gives he, you a good perspective because he used like he used yeah. them and you never have so it's a good plus balance. he could
2: bring his uh his burnisher so boom mm-hmm. saved me 20 bucks <laughs> anyway so yeah we hung out we did that made the video ate some burgers talked about making videos cameras he's a photographer life um just kind of hung out it was fun it was it was cool it's always cool meeting other people that are kind of doing the same thing
0: yeah Um, i'm using a screwdriver for the card scraper i burnished mine with a big flathead screwdriver and it worked i mean i I think as long as it's harder
2: (laughs) i guess as long as it's harder metal than the card scraper it'll work Mm -hmm. i know i've burnished things like wood with with the uh with the edge of a Screwdriver, but I, I didn't yeah. try it with the metal.
1: Yeah, but, um, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'll check mm-hmm. out the video later. <laughs> oh, I haven't put the video up yet. Uh.
2: We just we just <laughs> filmed it yesterday. Um, yeah. And then other than that, record player is pretty much done. I just have to a record player cabinet. I just have to really just finish it, like you know, putting the oil on, and then after that, it's done. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. What do you got going? Ben? Sweet or Mike? No, Ben, you already went. No,
0: Mark. mark. Yeah, Mark. Okay. What are <laughs> you have to, Mark? Yeah, uh, <laughs> this week I put out a video on a full-length mirror, and I think it came out really cool. I This kind of goes with our topic, so I'll wait for it a little bit, but kind of came across a little hiccup working on it. I kind of designed everything to have these dowels that were about an inch and a half in diameter for the legs, but it turns out Home Depot only sells dowels at about uh, an inch, I think is the biggest they go. So I ended up having to kind of switch up my plan a little bit and I got to experiment using PVC conduit for the legs, which ended up working really fine. I don't see why it wouldn't. It's, you know, it can cut on anything you're going to cut wood with. So it actually worked into the workflow really well. Um, but no, I think it came out really cool. I put the video out on Tuesday. If you haven't checked it out, go do that. And yeah, aside from that, I'm working on the bent or the desk that i talked about last week i'm getting back on that the legs have come in and they look fantastic uh i kind of whenever i thought about buying them i was kind of on the fence about it i could have either spent about 250 bucks on the legs or i could have spent a few hundred bucks and just gotten a lathe to make the legs so i was kind of pondering that for a while but when it came down to it i figured it would be a while before i could make some really good uniform legs that all four matched each other, so I yeah. decided to just get buy the legs that way if someone else doesn't have a lathe, they can buy the legs as well to make the project so that's what I'm working on, and it's it's coming along well, I guess then since that kind
2: of bleeds into the topic, Mike,
0: maybe you should go ahead and kick that off
1: yeah. I'll, I'll introduce it
0: oh okay, okay go for it or so
1: it. the 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 topic tonight is little victories, right, and my my thinking sort of behind this was that there's when you're making something, there's so many things that can go wrong. And I feel like Mike has a is about to give us a nice little anecdote from a recent pro, uh, project. So I, I think it's really important to celebrate all the little things. And for me, this comes from experience both in making things and doing woodworking and, and, and making projects, but also in sort of entrepreneurial projects as well most startups fail, like the vast majority of, of small businesses don't succeed. So I think it's really important to try to build momentum so that you keep your own motivation strong by celebrating all the little things that actually do go right. And sometimes undeservedly and unexpectedly so. So it doesn't matter if you're just getting started off on YouTube and get your first hundred subscribers, that's worth celebrating. That's a victory. Or whether you're just like, cutting a bunch of repetitive pieces and they're actually like exactly the same size (laughs) not like that one sixteenth off that when you try to glue them up you just like ah crap that's gonna it's gonna cause extra sanding later right so i thought we'd just talk about like some of the little things and i guess there's two sides of this i mean we can talk about some of the little pet peeves and annoying things that happen in the shop but just talking about some of those those little good things that happen and then also any insight into how to manufacture so that more of those things happen so that you're set up for a more pleasant experience, a less frustrating experience, and one where you can build momentum and become more prolific. So for example, uh, Mike actually gave me a great tip. It's like, I hate doing glue-ups between pieces because I hate that when you clamp them. <laughs> the, like, uh, and I had to do this a lot for, for the plywood table that I was working on, is I'm gluing flat pieces of plywood together. And Mike taught me this great trick of sprinkling a little bit of table salt so that the pieces don't slide, right? And right. that one little trick makes a repetitive process so much better. And yeah. then instead of, like, dreading it and putting a project off because you know you're going to be, like, sitting there <laughs> with the camera rolling, eating up all your memory cards yep. while you're trying to line them up, and, and you're sitting there fidgeting around. it, like, yeah. pushing it, and then you clamp the the, the clamp down, and then it slides. And you're just like, <laughs> ah! yeah, And then, uh... uh So, like, that one little tip, which is such, you know, he he just mentioned it in a comment on one of my videos, that's such a huge thing because it, now I know that, oh, I can do a project where I have, like, in this case for the table, I'm gluing together, like, 30 pieces of plywood, Whoa. So that one little victory of figuring out that tip magnifies step by step. And now I can, I'm can i comfortable doing a whole project that requires a lot of gluing small pieces together.
2: Yeah. It's from when Mike was trolling you yeah. in the comments. <laughs> so basically, it started
1: like a really positive snowballing effect of figuring out this one thing, getting that. And then the whole project can succeed and evolve by making that one little thing easier. On the flip side, it's like if you have a rock in your shoe when you're walking... That one little rock is <laughs> ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, so it's a. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk about those little things that make everything else better.
0: Yeah, so that kind of happened. Somewhere, something to that extent also happened this week. So the legs were one kind of small victory that you know I thought it was going to be a big deal when I got to Home Depot, realized there wasn't anything I could use for legs. Got it, and I could just go about the project. But another one that happened yesterday, actually, I've been cutting or the the desk itself, the shell of it. It's just a it's a basically rectangle made out of walnut plywood, and I wanted to do kind of like mitered corners that Chris does all the time, where mm-hmm. you know it kind of just goes. There's some nice grain matching and all that, but I don't have a track saw. My table saw definitely isn't big enough to to do that cut on it. So I was just using a circular saw and uh, just a little track for it. And apparently I didn't, I should have made a couple more test pieces is what I should have done. I should have done some test cuts, but my, my circular saw was about a degree off. So by the time (laughs) I cut all my pieces, my miters were about, Two degrees off, essentially, all oh. of the way around. And that was one of those things where was, the project just hit a roadblock. I'm just like, crap, what Like, what am I going to do now? Because I don't have enough plywood. I guess I did have enough plywood to cut it all again, but God, I didn't want to, you know? But I decided just to, instead of use wood glue, I just epoxied and sawdusted these miters and i just i gunked them up so much they're like i put it like when i put it all together i was like this is do or die i either ruined a sheet of you know expensive walnut plywood or i saved the project and i came back today it was all dry and it it looks fine i've sanded everything down the the miters look i would say like 80 percent Like good. They're not Uh as good as they would have been, but it's hidden really well. You're not, you probably wouldn't really even notice the fact that I had to do that little epoxy seam unless you're looking for it. So that was one of those small victories that once I, once I came back to the shop today, saw that the project was going to work. I was just like, thank you. And, you know, I could keep going. So that's that's another one.
2: Nice. Yeah, sometimes you, you'd be surprised what you can actually get away with, too, where, like, mm-hmm. you might initially look at something and be like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And yeah. sometimes it can be. Sometimes the errors can compound, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. But a lot of the times... <sighs> wood especially is more forgiving than we make it out to be you know probably if you were machining things out of metal there's a smaller margin for error but wood you can kind of you can kind of massage things into looking all right after the fact
0: yeah and i should go ahead and note that for everyone that's thinking you know this thing's not going to be strong enough i've come up with another small victory that's going to help me propel this thing to success is now that everything's together everything's sanded flush i'm going to come back with uh my doweling jig and pin all the corners as well, which I think is going to look really cool anyways. It's going to almost be like an added touch because I'm going to use probably like maple dowels, maybe oak. That way it has some really cool contrast as well. So they'll look like kind of buttons running along the seams. Yeah, that was
2: basically the same thing that I did with the, that plywood coffee table that I made a couple months ago where yeah. I, I didn't do anything when I initially was gluing it up. They were just beveled edges and then I came back with dowels yeah some people liked it some people didn't but it definitely makes it a I lot i remember stronger. that now
0: that you say it i thought i yeah. had an original idea i thought like this was a great i was like man i'm gonna be the first guy to ever do miters and then reinforce them with dowels but that's Well I, you're the second guy on this podcast was, is i saw it from no. you and then it just like leaked into my subconscious is what happened that's fine wait mike so I don't for do i invented it sorry mike. well no but that's where i saw it first
1: right. for the for the mirror project that you just posted uh you had mentioned that you were you were intending to use wooden dowels for the legs yeah but you had to sort of switch so was there like a moment when you're at home depot and you realize they don't have what you're looking for
0: yeah that's exactly what it was was i went to the dowel section and all i saw were ones that went up to one inch and i was like this is this is not gonna work so i just walked around the store looking for things that could be legs i first went to the plumbing section and i found a piece of you know PVC pipe and I just kept looking around and then I when I got to the conduit section the conduit was cheaper so I don't know why that is but it, it's still PVC and I'm painting it white anyway so I didn't cu- care what color so,
1: it was. So you already knew you were going to paint it white even if it was wood because yeah. it wouldn't match the maple. Yeah. No it's, it's like it's exactly right right and I think you know when we say little victories, part of this is like self-determined, <laughs> like you decided you were going to make it work, right? <laughs> You're just going to walk around and find something cylindrical Yep. that you could just plug in since they didn't have exactly what you needed. And I think that's such a, that, that sort of mindset is, is so important because it's easier to not take action and just keep procrastinating and putting things off. It's hard to finish things, Yeah. easy to start things, hard to finish things. And it's so easy to get discouraged as well. So it's having that sort of mindset where you just say, I'm going to win. I'm going to yeah, get this I'm done. Gonna make it work I'm going to keep going. It might not be exactly what I, what I liked what, or what I intended in the beginning, but that's okay. I'm just going to keep rolling with it and push through.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the cool thing about it, at least for this project is the PVC and the painted pine that I used. they really blend together. You probably, if I didn't say it. Most people probably wouldn't really recognize the fact that it's PVC instead of a wood dowel. So, yeah, it came out right. cool. Chris, what are your what is a small victory you have experienced?
2: So when I was thinking about this, I kept going back to like the beginning of when I very first started designing and building things, and I think that it probably makes sense that probably towards the beginning you're going to have more of those small victories. Oh yeah, and. And I think that's it's also true that you'll probably keep having them the more you push yourself to try things that are out of your comfort zone. But obviously in the beginning, almost everything you do is out of your comfort zone. So <laughs> yeah. it was when I was making the coffee table that I that I made when I was in the night class at the community college. And I kind of designed it and went into building it knowing that there were some parts that I was like I don't know how I'm going to do this when I get to it. So one of the parts and this is going to be kind of hard to explain so I'll put a picture up on the Instagram account that explains it better. But it was basically I was trying to join the leg which was at a 30 degree angle to a stretcher that was, you know, parallel with the ground. Right. And so I didn't know how can I like how can I clamp this together because to to clamp the leg it would be One end would be hanging way outside of the other end, so it would just want to, like, pull the whole thing apart. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so then the idea that I had, and there's, I mean, now I know there's a few different ways you can do it that are actually more efficient than this. But the best idea that I could come up with at the time was to basically, out of plywood, just cut out kind of a negative space shape of the leg so that the whole leg kind of like was cradled in this negative space and then use that to clamp it so that now i have two parallel surfaces to clamp together yeah so it was it was very it was very much a small victory because it kind of showed you that okay i can i can think of a solution that is simple and it will work or you know that's not always the case but that time it happened to work and It's kind of true that, you know, sometimes the simplest solutions are the best solutions. Um, That one was probably the best solutions in terms of being easy. Like, you know, there's not really any math or you can be very rough with the way you do it and it'll probably work. Whereas there's ways that you could do it more efficiently, but you have to have a little bit more skill than I had at that time, at least. Um, So that was one that immediately popped into my head when i when we, i started thinking about small victories but then the other one and this is kind of the same thing on a macro level and it's still about that same project i was thinking about that was the first time that i built something that i had designed and mm. i know that a lot of people you know makers come in all different shapes and sizes and some people prefer to just build things that are you know other people have designed and maybe make slight alterations but I would say, like, even if that's something that doesn't interest you that much, I think everybody owes it to themselves to at least once try just totally designing something original and just seeing what happens. Like, you know, There might be some mess-ups along the way, but it'll probably go mostly right, and it's, I think it's really empowering when that does go right, and it like, very much shifts the way that you think about things no
1: speechless (laughs) i think that's the thing it's like uh, i always tell people you're doing better than you think right like when you when you start making something and and the there's so many times where at the end of the day i'll look at a project it's halfway done and i'll be like i don't know if this is going to come out or if i really captured it for the video correctly Uh, but there's (laughs) Normally, that also just means I'm too tired and I should call it a day. And then when I come back in the morning (laughs) fresh, it's like, oh, wait, no. It isn't exactly what I was hoping, but this is totally still doable. And I think that's the key to sort of keep going. It's that sort of not being too hard, focusing on how you're going to win and not how everything's ruined. Uh, So you just keep going and take the next step.
0: And if you do have a problem, a lot of times it helps just to leave it for the night because a lot of times the solution will come to you just casually you know over the rest of the night or sometimes i don't know if that ever happened to you guys like you wake up and you just know the solution or you to just wake up in the middle of the night and go ah, that you, guys have had. you
1: reinforce miters with dows
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but no that's what happened was whenever i was epoxying everything together as i was like i don't know if this, I assume it's going to be strong enough, because epoxy is really good at filling voids and still being strong. But it was one of those things I know that even if it does work fine, that I'm going to get a lot of comments telling me that it's yeah. not fine, regardless of whether it works or not. So that was one of the things. Is like I don't really know what I'm going to do, what's going to look good. I could put splines in, but... I'm not good at putting in splines. I made a quick little jig one time to do it mm-hmm. with a circular saw. But once again, it's not super convenient, so I didn't really want to do it. And so I kind of just was like, okay, I'll leave it here. The epoxy's drying anyways. I don't have a ton I can do. And when I woke up, I was eating breakfast, <laughs> and I was like, oh, dowels, just randomly. So, you know, sometimes that's the best thing you can do is just take your mind off it and just let your mind think on yeah yeah i
1: think that 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 definitely happens were you eating some sort of cereal that was dowel shaped or
0: (laughs) no i wasn't it was just like some granola and raisin stuff No, it's funny (laughs) i wish
1: I, i think often too a lot of people they have a project that they're sort of interested in doing but they put it off until they know how to do every single thing yeah instead of just getting started and knowing that there's going to be some things, you're going to get to a point in the project where you're like, wait, I'm not exactly sure how to do the next step. Rather than like looking saying, oh, I have to either start over or I might ruin it or I can't do the next thing because this could screw it all up and then, and then I do it. You also want to celebrate that, well, if you're halfway through the project, <laughs> that's a victory right there. Yeah. Right. You know how to do the first half. Yeah. You've established that. You've proven right. that. So even if it does, you know, you waste all your walnut plywood by doing the wrong cut or your saw is a little bit off, you still will have gotten that far. And that the next time you just have to get a little bit farther and not looking at it as like, I mean, wasted materials sucks, but there's always a way to salvage it. Exactly. Um, yeah. But looking at that as a win, like, oh, I know how to do the first half and it's only going to be better the second time you do it anyways. Right. I ran into this with the with molding leather where I kept, the first time I did it, it worked out pretty good. And then the second time I did it, it didn't work out as good. I was like, wait, what? And then it's just <laughs> it from so there, it was just, a, it was just a series of experiments of changing the amount of water, the amount of pressure, how how tight I stretched the leather over the thing I was molding it around. Yeah, And it reminded me of uh, Thomas Edison, I think, when he was developing the light bulb. He tested like thousands and thousands of different materials for the filament before he found one that worked. And every time he would plug one into his machine and it would just burn through or wouldn't work or wouldn't produce enough light, he would think of that as a success because he was like, oh, one more material. He'd cross off his list not to test again. So he looked at it that way, right? So he actually viewed all these sort of uh, not failed experiments, but like negative results from an experimental process as wins and then eventually developed it and crapped all over Tesla and uh, <laughs> pushed his inferior technology. No, I'm just kidding.
2: That's for another yeah. podcast. Right. <laughs> Our conspiracy
1: theory podcast coming soon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> Next week, episode 10, people. Yeah. Um, I got a question for, for Ben, actually. I know I've heard you a few times talk about stacking plywood and how you ended up kind of coming up with that technique or going to that technique because you basically didn't want to do it the other way where you'd be i don't know making rabbits or dados or whatever when you say that because i think i might have inadvertently come upon the same solution for the same reason on the record player cabinet so when you say stacking plywood what exactly do you mean
1: i mean that end grain isn't ugly end grains like beautiful like I love like stratification when some of my favorite landscapes and geological structures are where you see these like giant stone cliffs and you just see layers and layers and layers of rock. To me, that's what like the edge of plywood looks like. It has the same aesthetic. So it always blew my mind when people were always edge banding plywood. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh-huh. That's what the material is. Like, yeah. like, I like the idea of like honestly expressing what the material is if plywood is made out of layers, let's use that stratification and layering to our aesthetic advantage. And also I'm lazy. So (laughs) it reduces the step. So when I say, so then
2: when you, Oh
1: God, when I say stacking, like I think the first one I did was a media console. I think it might've been like my third or fourth project that I, that I published on YouTube Mm -hmm. and I knew right angles were hard. Uh, I was doing all my cuts with a circular saw, so not as easy to get really precise cuts as a table saw. Yep. Um, there's always going to be one of those cuts, even if you're using a guide where the guide moves a little bit or your hand shakes or phone rings in your pocket and startles you or something like that. So I just stacked the layers, and I knew by sort of stacking them and gluing and screwing them together I would have an aesthetic where even if my cuts were off, like the pieces didn't line up perfectly, right? the exaggeration between the pieces would mimic the sort of stratification within the plywood itself. And then the whole surface of this cabinet would look like sort of, you know, very geological and very layered. Okay. I get it. Because like, you never look at like a Damascus steel knife, right? Like one of those steel knives... With like where it's the the metals like folded together over and uh-huh. over and over and pounded, you don't look at that as like a flaw. You look at that as like, no, that's what's awesome about that aesthetic. It, it right. should be celebrated.
0: Yeah, nice. Why, Chris? So why do you ask? Okay,
2: because I I wasn't sure. Now it makes more sense. So I think that I'm actually talking about something different. So what I did was, I was building a it's a it's a parallelogram shaped cabinet, and so the problem was going to be making dados. And getting everything to, like, line up perfectly when there's all those angles involved is a pain in the Mm. butt because, like, there's just so much – there's so many little errors that can happen to make things not line up. So I didn't want to do it. So I said, okay, well, instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is basically I'll make the cabinet, like, you know, just the four exterior pieces, and then I'll put in two vertical partitions where all I did was I just cut 15-degree angles off of them so that they'd be vertical partitions that would be leaning – at a 15-degree angle in there. And then I knew, okay, that's not going to be very strong. So it would be strong if it was in a dado, but I don't want to cut those dados. So what I did was then I basically doubled up all of the interior pieces. So again, I'll put a drawing of this because I know it's hard to understand hearing it. But I doubled up all of the interior pieces so that nothing is three-quarters of an inch thick. It's all an inch and a half thick. And uh, so in between the two vertical partitions, there would be a piece lying flat and then one on the top and one on the bottom, basically like laminated together. And then yeah. on the side of the vertical partition would be another one that goes in between those two flat layers that I just talked about. So it's basically like you're creating really thick dados out of yeah. adding material instead of subtracting material.
0: Yes, the right. vo- the void between the the pieces of plywood is the, is now the right. Dado. And instead yeah, of having you're basically those,
1: using it like. Plywood Legos, like yeah. stacking it around and building the void, and exactly no, I, I do that stuff all the time. Like it, it's a very, to me, that's like a very like childlike, and I mean that in a good way, uh-huh. way of building where you sort of think of when, when you're stuck and you don't know how to do a series of sort of tool manipulations, or there's just not enough material room, or it's going to require a level of precision that you're not comfortable with. Right. The idea of just sort of reducing everything to a series of blocks. And then adding the blocks around like
0: Legos. Yeah.
1: It it helps. It helps the problem solving.
2: That's kind of, that's kind of the way I looked at it. it was when I was drawing it and I was just like, I am not going to be able to get these precise enough. Like there's no way they're going to come out clean. And so then I had that idea and then I basically offset them so that the ones that are the interior ones are another three quarters of an inch inset. So it kind of has like a step effect coming out and I ended up really liking the way that it looked. So I'll probably even utilize it. Like I can even see utilizing it for things where I didn't need to use that technique just because I like the way it looks now.
0: Yeah. Like it just
2: yeah. adds extra dimension to it. Kind of.
0: It beats yeah, it up. It, too. It's heavy. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> it's basically yes. twice as heavy Quite as it should have been. heavy. Yeah. Yep. Especially when you're doubling it up everywhere. Okay. So. I think before we move into our hypothetical, we should talk about something we're going to be doing now is we're putting out two shows a week, which if you're listening to this on Thursday, on Saturday... It doesn't matter what day you're listening to it. It's still coming out on Saturday, yeah. I guess, is we're putting out a weekend show. We're going to start a weekend show where we can do more of a Q&A based show as well as have guests. I think it'll be a cool way to put out more content, but not put out the same type of content, even though it's still a podcast. It'll have its own kind of formula. It'll be a little bit looser. It'll be an opportunity really to respond to a lot of questions that we get and a lot of the kind of questions that just go along with What we talk about in the podcast, if someone has a response to something we're talking about, or if there was something minorly controversial, we can bring it up and kind of riff on that for a little while. Uh, Ben, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's also something as podcast listeners, uh, it's something me and Mike have definitely vocalized to each other that... Sometimes by the weekend, you kind of run out of stuff to listen to Definitely. right when you're going to be heading into the shop for a long stretch. So <laughs> exactly, we thought for all you weekend warriors out there, we'll give you a little, little extra audio content. And it also lets us sort of break format, experiment a little bit more. We're still yeah. very new to podcasting, so we can try different things and see, try out different segment ideas and really experiment. Well, think of it as a little audio laboratory that's uh, <laughs> related to Shop Talk.
0: Yeah. So, who, so I guess we can go ahead and announce it. This week, we're having Izzy Swan for our first weekend show guest, which I'm really excited about.
2: Starting off big.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. It, it, Izzy is great because he's so different from everyone else. He has this great sort of engineering mindset. Uh, he makes incredible mechanical things uh, that can be both whimsical and like just aesthetically fascinating, but also some incredibly functional things like he he made a machine that like folded laundry right. uh, <laughs> and then he made like a walking dinosaur thing that's powered by a drill yeah so, he's
2: a mad scientist for sure
1: that, yeah
0: i think that's the best way to describe him
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and yeah I've, I've hung out with him a couple times and uh mad definitely no. <laughs> yeah
0: but the weekend show will be a lot of fun like ben said it'll give us a chance to kind of break format and experiment but i think what we're going to try and do is if not every week at least every other week have a guess that way we can kind of pick their brain a little bit see what their thought process is kind of in going into projects and how they're kind of different from us. And plus, like we mentioned earlier, it's a good way to get a little bit more audience interaction because we're going to be able to answer a lot more questions uh when we get voice messages, we'll be able to play them back. And yeah, it should just be it should be fun. More content's always good. Yep. All right. So this week we have a hypothetical and this is our first audio message hypothetical we've ever received. So here it goes. Hey guys, this is Evan and Caitlin. We wanted to give you a few hypotheticals to take the pressure off of Chris, and we wanted to bring up a topic question.
1: Okay, so the hypotheticals are, one, if you had to give someone a haircut using a power tool, what tool would you use? Two, if you had to build something out of duct tape that's normally made out of wood, so this could be you know, furniture or a structure or home decor, what would you make? And three, what would be your strategy for surviving a zombie apocalypse? Does not have to be power tool related. We're just curious.
0: That's a good one. Yeah, Does that's it a. Does it they took the ones? pressure way off me, man. Yeah, yeah right. no. The <laughs> so, relief Chris is feeling right now. Whew. <laughs> okay, so, so the, yeah. The go first ahead.
1: question is: Which power tool would you give yourself a haircut with?
0: Yeah, or somebody. I guess. It's got to be a power a tool. Yeah. You can't just choose like a utility knife.
1: Uh, I think the yeah. the uh, the multi tool. Yeah. where it's like sort of like with the oscillating blade would would make the most sense um but i actually think i would use like the dust collection system right or some sort of vacuum basically <laughs> i'd make a flow with yeah, like a combination with of the flow like the vacuum and the the multi-tool with some sort of like fine tooth uh blade yeah yeah i think that's one. the
2: first thing that popped into my head was a dremel because I oh. felt like I could, mm. I could have the precision, and if I did mess up a little bit, I'm not going to take somebody's brain
0: out. Right,
1: <laughs> right. You could well, yeah. You could take you could take the Dremel tool and take a bunch of razor blades and hot glue them to it. Yeah. So it's like a spinning razor blade <laughs> of death. Of death. Um, and then we designed, should say,
2: don't try this at home, anybody. And yeah. then design
1: some sort of guard, right? That sort of only reveals a tiny bit about about it and attach it to a comb. So, I think it's I think it's pretty doable.
0: Yeah, I feel like that one's pretty pretty good. You know, I saw a video the other day, I think it was on YouTube of a guy that cut he cuts hair with fire. Like that he oh, has I've like seen a that. hair yeah. salon. I would have to imagine it smells terrible, but Yeah. I would just get like a I would get a heat gun and just run through it. Maybe not a heat gun. What are you going to ruin their scalp? Yeah, man. what are those like uh the like benzomatic little propane things? I'd use that. Is that okay. kind of as a power tool? Yeah, <laughs> pro- pro- propane torch. Propane torch. There we go. Man. It's far enough in left field. We're going to count it. <laughs> now, what if the person is an enemy? Arbortech. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Turbo, turbo Plane. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting, right, though, because it, it, the majority of our power tools have sort of rotary parts yeah. that sort of chip and cut things away at different types of high speeds. Yeah. So cutting something that's sort of tactile and soft and stuff like that. I, I was actually saw a video for how they make safety pants out for when you're using like a chainsaw. Okay. And mm-hmm. the whole idea of these safety pants isn't that they like are, are like Kevlar or bulletproof. It's that they are really fibrous so that you're supposed to cut oh, easily, yeah. but all the fibers then clog up the chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually this like really soft textile totally is like the most chainsaw-proof item uh, just by sort of <laughs> yeah. gumming it all up. Uh, and I thought that was like really interesting is that it's like, you know, a game of rock, paper, scissors. Everything has its weakness. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, with power tools, especially rotary ones, Ooh, that maybe sort of, you know, fibrous
0: yeah.
1: tactile kind of stuff is, is really difficult to cut.
0: So maybe some, maybe some like electric tin snips. Maybe well, that would be good. I was going to say this would
2: be bad, but I actually, now I'm just remembering while Ben was talking, there was a video that, kind of went viral where pe- people were putting corn on the cob on drills yeah. and then like eating and then a, a girl got her hair stuck in it and yeah. it just like ripped a bunch of their hair out. So there you go. That's yeah. how you do it. Poor girl, man. Uh, what was the next one? The duct,
1: duct something tapes. we would build
2: out of duct tape. That
1: would normally be made out of wooden. And I would say chair right off the bat. Oh, okay. uh, duct tape chair. Cause chairs are, I, I think chairs are really difficult. Uh because you know tables are easy comparative to to chairs i mean chairs Definitely. really have to form more the right. ergonomics are a little bit more challenging yeah um but duct tape could really form to the human body and i think you could do something really cool like a hammock type chair that's suspended from something Definitely. that would be yeah, awesome that be really cool
2: yeah i'm just as soon as you said that i was picturing almost like a bean bag type thing <laughs> out of duct tape uh man so something made out of wood that's a furniture on, oh let me think. Lord, My, go for, it. for
0: you to go. Uh, no, I think <laughs> I think a chair is a really good one, kind of using it like a sling back almost. even if you had the the frame of it built out of wood. I know this is kind of varying from the question, but I think it could be cool doing like a slingback yeah. chair where instead of using some type of canvas or leather, you actually use it with duct tape. That could actually be a really cool project.
1: Or what if you just did, like, a bed? You just went wall to wall, and you just yeah. made, like, a hammock. <laughs> yeah. And you literally just added, like, a duct tape platform. If you have enough tape, it's definitely, it's doable. you know, with enough surface area.
2: Yeah. I would, uh, I would, so, yeah, Ben or Mike, you could just do your chair that exactly. you made you last week. Do, yeah, just replace the, the leather made, with duct tape. You do that with duct tape. <laughs> Should do a second one. Yeah. Update. Um, I'll do... <laughs> All right. This is going to be a bad one. I would do like that. that I'd try to do something. That's like another take on the simple wall organizer thing that I made where you actually use the stickiness of the tape to be able to like set stuff on it. So it'd be some kind of wall mounted <laughs> thing. Maybe you like, I don't know, but see, you can't use anything else. I was gonna say you, wrap, you you wrap the tape on the reverse side around something really tight. So that way you can adhere it to a wall. And then you could stick things on yeah. the sticky See, side. Then, but then
0: there's the it's question: a terrible How many layers of tape does it take for it to get like rigid and support itself like a piece of plywood?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I've seen people make like wallets and stuff out of out yeah. of it, but that's that's as much as I've really seen.
1: Yeah, and especially if you did furniture, it would. You know how like duct tape has that weird sort of uh-huh. vinyl dead yeah. baby <laughs> cancer smell? Like, <laughs> it, like something as big as like a whole piece of furniture made out of duct tape would just smell yeah. like death. <laughs>
2: yeah between the duct tape furniture and burning hair yeah
1: it's a stinky <laughs> question uh, yeah i'd make a barber's i'd make a barber's chair oh gosh. For, for my powerful <laughs> <There> haircuts <you. laughs>
2: what was what was the third one yeah. zombie apocalypse
1: does anyone d-
2: but she does said anyone have oh, no, like a ahead.
0: bulletproof zombie apocalypse plan just already before the question even happened, does anyone just have one cyanide capsules? Oh man, that's, see, that's the you can't do that, man. <laughs> I, don't
1: know. I, I, I think the power tools for building make much more sense than for for fighting. Like right for fighting, yeah. right? And I, I think you know how, like in like rest restrooms and in like uh, stainless steel railings, they'll often be screwed together with like an unusual head yeah. of a screw, right? So they don't want to use a typical Phillips head screw because like stainless steel railings or like the stainless steel panels that hold together, you know, restrooms and stuff. That's actually kind of valuable materials and they don't want somebody just like stealing it or taking it apart and vandalizing it. So they use these really unusual screw heads that are hard to find the bits for. That's like the strategy that I would approach to like a zombie apocalypse would be like making a maze that's like (laughs) easy enough for me to get through Uh but like super hard for a zombie because they just don't have the right like (laughs) that's kind of funny yeah because i always i would think like okay so it's like whereas basically like childlike games of hitting buttons and color combinations and that like stop things so i would I always thought that the 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 challenge wasn't to build weapons to kill the zombies; it was to build mazes that were like <laughs> re, you could solve in like a second, but were really difficult for them.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad. And I always one.
1: thought co- zombies are probably colorblind, in anyways,
0: <laughs> making a lot <laughs> of assumptions assumption. Here. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a bad one though. That's what do you a, got, that's Mike? A different way to look look at it. I don't know. I I just feel like. <sighs> Good. Like I would just I would. Well, the problem is that probably everyone else has come up with this idea is I would just go to like a baseball park is I would Granted, This is like a year after the zombie apocalypse has happened. Ninety percent of people Uh are dead. You know, you know, we're looking at it in that way, I guess, is I'm just going to go to my going. I'm going downtown to the baseball park like the ba- the like minor league baseball team that we have and i'm just i'm reinforcing anything that that needs it because i got everything i need there i got a concession stand i got a big <laughs> field i can like grow food in and like and there's open air above me you know and then yeah. i got like the i got the locker rooms and stuff that i can really like fortify in case i need it but for the most part it's like really secure but also really open so i'm not going to go crazy as bad in there and plus, it's kind of defensible, I guess, because they got to keep you know drunk people out. So it should hold zombies. Right. I,
1: I I always thought the interesting thing, and, and I one hundred percent believe this, is that I would much rather have tools for building than weapons for for like destroying the zombies. Yeah, I feel like tools would be for for building sort of defensive things where you could herd them into big things and then just like run them over with cars and stuff <laughs> would be much more efficient than like trying to shoot them one by one. Yeah, like whenever I watch. Uh, I, I think I just watched like the first few seasons of Walking Dead, and like the whole time I was just thinking, it's like, why don't they just like build things that actually are like great defenses against the zombies? Right. So why do they still have like sight lines with like blind corners and things like that? Design the environment so that you're at a huge advantage and you can see all the way around. Oh, if there's a bunch of forests, cut those freaking trees down so you can see them coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah you know you know hang a bunch of wires with you know uh, uh tin cans and all those things yeah or, it's funny when i was actually living with a uh, uh in in abandoned buildings for my, one of my college projects that was like one of the, the strategies that we did like all around the the shelter that we built so we're living in this totally abandoned building uh in one of the 10 worst ghettos in america at the time and fun. you know it's not easy to fall asleep so uh <laughs> we, we broke like bottles around us we had like wires so we could hear anyone yeah creeping up on us um of course then there's like a raccoon and we we're just yeah. like, freaked out
2: doing like the macaulay Culkin line of defense
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly right like basically
2: <laughs>
1: just the home alone, home alone. Yeah. joe pesci doesn't <laughs> yeah. stand
0: a chance i'm not scared anymore <laughs> you hear me zombies we, i'll uh, just get okay. an rv and strap some like steamroller wheels to it that way, I just got my house on top of a steamroller. Anything that go. gets in my way, I'm just running
2: just it over. Roll it over. Yeah, I'll do. A, I'll just. I'll just get some of those chainsaw pants, a chainsaw yeah. vest, a <laughs> yeah. helmet. And I'll just go about my life as normal.
0: Just carry on. Just live in one of those giant SWAT suits. Yep. I'm good to go. That's funny.
1: <laughs> All right. Good hypothetical. Good stuff. Yeah.
2: Thank you, oh,
1: uh, Evan
0: and Caitlin. Evan and Caitlin.
1: All right. So, moving on to current obsessions.
0: Yeah, what are yeah. our current obsessions?
1: Well, I think, and, and this can segue into—I've been thinking a lot about material challenges, which is great because we're starting to plan our two two by four challenge. That's
0: true. We need to—we need to talk about that after we get done with so our then, obsessions before the before the podcast is yeah. over. We need to give an update. So then,
2: on maybe that. we should have Ben go last since it bleeds into that.
0: Let's do it. Okay, Chris, okay. what are you obsessed today?
2: With? I, I stumbled upon—I was on Reddit and I was looking around. And I found this survey called the It's Lit Survey. So basically, (laughs) I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but pretty much what it is is um, finding out what young people think is cool. So like companies and brands that they think is cool. So I read through most of it. And the part that stood out to me most was there was this chart where on one axis, it ranked brands from least cool to most cool in the opinion of teenagers and then on the other access it ranked them I in mean, just their awareness of the brand so either they've heard of it or they haven't heard it so i should i'll point out that this was uh, this survey was created by Google okay. so can anybody guess what the top 3 coolest brands are
0: <laughs> Google um, that's one of Instagram. them Instagram nope no Snapchat nope um, I'll tell you YouTube YouTube is number 1 and then, yeah, because Facebook owned Instagram. Why would why would Google care? Yeah. What else does Google own?
2: It, it's not it's Google so, Maps.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> it's number two. No. It's
2: the it's, coolest. It's, so number lit. one is YouTube. Number yeah. two is Netflix. Number three oh, is Google. There we
0: go. Yeah, so hmm. two
2: out of three Googles for uh, top three. Google um, is so. But lit. then the part that the part that I actually thought was funniest reading it was. Uh, the whole part about awareness, brand awareness. So the top in no order for awareness are YouTube, Apple, Pizza Hut, AT&T, and McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> but what was funny to me was that they none of those companies scored a perfect 10 out of 10. And I think they did like 1,100 surveys or something like that. So I mm. thought it was funny that out of those 1,100 teens, there's some out there that somehow have not heard of McDonald's.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah.
2: Some kid living in a dungeon somewhere that doesn't know what a Big Mac was, but yeah. somehow got a hold of this survey. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: that's exactly. the
2: that's what jumped out to me in reading through it.
0: Yeah. They just didn't want to admit it. It's you know, they're so cool cuz they don't I don't yeah. even know what that is. A Mc what?
1: I haven't eaten McDonald's in so long.
0: <laughs> it's been a minute. Let's go. <laughs> let's
1: <laughs> have, no, a, no, no. let's if, have a meetup. If, if, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, we're going in and out. Uh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, that's true. That's we're gonna true. have a mic meetup though, for all the all the fans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mick, Mike, what about up. you?
0: I'm still obsessed with pottery. I know I should probably change it up, but it's it's been more of an obsession this week than it was last week. I'm kind of leaning towards not building uh, a wheel and just buying one. Uh, I could definitely do it, but I think it, it, when it comes down to it, is if I really think I'm going to be into it, I, w- I would rather have one that I know is spinning in a true circle, and I know is going to be reliable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm leaning towards getting kind of an entry level one just for a couple hundred bucks. I don't want. Okay. Th- they're relatively expensive, which was something I didn't really know either. Is you know you can get them for well over a thousand dollars, which I think is kind of funny when it's just a plate that turns in a circle. But but still, I'm going to find one that's just a couple hundred bucks. That way I can get started. And if I do love it, who knows? Maybe down the road I can get a better one. But it kind of throws us back to that one debate we talked about a long time ago about whether, you know, do you buy for the long term or do you kind of buy something that's cheap to figure out if you're going to be into it or not? In this case, I'm really not sure if I'm even going to like Right. <laughs> spinning, well, you could kind no, of mix the...
2: You could kind of yeah. mix the two ideas where maybe you buy something cheap to start with and then since you were already thinking exactly. about building one anyway, you live with it for a little while and then maybe you try building one. Maybe you know you see, okay, what don't I like about this? What can I try to improve upon? And then you'll have a better idea as you're using it if it's actually
0: working or not. Right. That's a really good point too. Plus you'll just understand the, the mechanics right. of it and you know, maybe overlook less things in building it after you've already used one for a little
1: while. So yeah, that's a good my, point. My thing is always i always go with the fastest route to the first completed project right yeah so that means it's not the most expensive or the most complicated one it's the one that seems like it'll get the job done that's inexpensive because you can always then if you do get really into pottery and then you then want to upgrade you can always find someone to buy that (laughs) buy the used version of what you already have yeah also yeah there's going to be a lot of people that want that one because like you've used it and you can offer insight that's specific to that machine. Um, that's true. Are you going to get a kiln as well? or?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to, I think, to be able to do it. Uh, but then again, one of the art teachers down from my high school may let me use it. I sent an email to her uh, yesterday, so I'm waiting to hear back from her. I took a couple like art classes in school and she was always really nice. So I was like, I sent her an email being saying, Hey, I'm going to buy a potter's will. Do you mind if I throw a few projects in the kiln? Like maybe on an off day or a day that you're already, you're already filling it up. So I'm waiting to hear back. If she says yes, then I'll wait to buy one until I know I'm actually going to be making a lot of stuff with it. All right. nice. we'll,
1: we'll start a go. We'll start a GoFundMe or yeah. something. A, go, a GoFundMe. Get, get Michael Kiln. <laughs> get Mark Get market kiln. Yeah.
0: Get market Kiln. <laughs> exactly. All right, Ben. What are you up to, or what are you obsessed with? So I
1: mean- uh, every, everything's. It, it's rare that all my sort of answers are all tied to like one series of projects, but like. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with the the, the plywood furniture, um, oh, have you? and also sort of <laughs> anticipating our two two by four challenge, which I'm super excited about. I think it's gonna be cool, right? So I've been I've been really interested in that sort of how to break down, how how to go about designing something from a single unit, right? And mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about it is. Uh, in the case of like the plywood table is I didn't really have an idea for what the finished table would look like. I sort of just said, well, what would me make makes the most sense for the first cut? And then after I sort of, you know, I, I, I was doing this in uh, 3d modeling. Um, so I literally modeled a four foot by eight foot by three quarter inch thick sheet of plywood. Mm-hmm. and then literally uh-huh. in the computer, I'm just saying, say, okay, what if I made the first cut, uh, f- you know. Uh, eight inches in. So I cut an eight-inch strip off of the eight-foot-long side. Okay, so that could be... I could get... Oh, I could get legs out of that. Okay, so I need i, yeah. I need four legs. So then I cut two of those strips, right? So I've been really interesting on, on that sort of taking something that's totally different from what the end result is going to be, and in which case you're not even sure what it is, and just sort of modularizing yeah. it and starting to cut it up. Um, so I've been thinking about all the ways I can chop up a two by four. So I've been thinking, huh, it might just be something where I set I might just set my miter saw to a really random angle and just set a stop block and just cut a whole bunch of little weird triangular blocks. And then that's what the project is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's almost sort of saying, I'm just gonna do this one thing, make this one decision, and then whatever is the outcome of that decision, that's gonna inform the project. And I think that's like a, a really fun way, especially for something like this, because it's low stakes. I mean two two by fours, it's not expensive. Right? right? Like yeah. what is that? Like six bucks at the most. Um but it's a very free way to do things. And I think that's what I, I'm currently sort of obsessed about and excited about. Now with with plywood and things like that, it makes sense to possibly like three D model it because carrying around a full sheet of plywood is kind of a pain. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not super expensive, but it's still like you know thirty to forty bucks or something. But with a two by four, you don't even need to do that computer stuff. It's just like <laughs> let's just start slicing yeah. and dicing and 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 go. Uh, I've also thought like uh, maybe I'll just cut it into really long strips and do something where I steam them and bend them or something like that. Um,
0: That was kind of what I was thinking about maybe doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I actually posted a previous two by four uh, project that I had done uh, on the Modern Maker Podcast Instagram channel, which you all should be following because that's going to be like our quick, short visual show notes. um, Yeah. Tell us
0: about that because, yeah, I saw the picture for it, but I want some like context for it. That thing's insane looking. Right. So
1: (laughs) uh, in, I think it was like my first semester, second year of architecture school at Cornell. They started off the semester by giving us each a two by four. And we had three days to design and make something that was functional and wearable. And you couldn't use any other material. Uh, you could use glue, but you couldn't use hardware. And you had to use mm-hmm. all the two by four. So I was thinking of those like wooden yokes that I've seen people use to like carry water buckets, but I want to make one that you could do hands free. And that had more flex to it so it wouldn't, like, dig into your shoulders. Interesting, so yeah. So I, like, cut off the ends of the 2x4 to make these, like, hands and hooks that would hold the water buckets. And then everything else I cut into strips that I sort of wove together so it made this really bouncy, flexible yoke that fits over your shoulders like a backpack. Nice. It's a little brittle now since it's, like, you know, uh, yeah. over <laughs> 12 years old. And...
0: I was about to say, how long did that take you to make because each one of those kind of bins and laminations, you had to do each one of those, I guess, individually, right? For it all to work, yeah. right?
1: Uh, it took, I mean, in architecture school, like, you work pretty much around the clock. So, I yeah. think <laughs> we had, like, three days. So, it was pretty much, I probably slept, wow. like, four hours in those three days and just cranked through it.
0: That's
2: awesome. Dedication. Though.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's something. All
2: so, right. then, yeah. I guess let's uh, let's keep going and figure out what are the exact Rules, So we know two two-by-fours, but we still never really nailed yeah, it down and I on more about, equipment. And,
0: and, I, and I thought more about the equipment. And I think, and I've actually, we got an email. I should have had it pulled up, or maybe it was a message. You know, it, it came from somewhere. But basically saying, which was kind of what I was thinking when I said it, mm-hmm. was a tool limitation can really limit what someone might be able to do. So I say, use whatever you have at your disposal. Yeah. Whether you've got a circular saw or a steam like a vacuum steam press okay. you yeah. know to be able to yeah, form let, something let's make it about let, like, let's make it about the material you can think of building yeah okay. exactly yeah,
2: we'll see how it goes and then maybe when we do future ones and down the road maybe we make it more restrictive but that's a good way to start off
0: yeah Exactly. Like maybe sometime we can do like a plywood challenge with only a circular saw right. and a drill, I got like an what idea Ben's for that doing, one. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for this one, let's keep it ma- the material limited, but let people go with whatever idea they have and not let the tool hold them okay, back. Okay. Two that. two by fours,
2: and then uh, what are you thinking on time? What do you, yeah? That's what I was going to say. What do you
0: guys think about a timeline?
2: Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys have other things that you're already working on, so maybe we do like what. Maybe the first. How long should we have it open? The first of next
0: month or something? Okay, so it's open now until the first of next month.
1: Does that seem May 1st is when we choose? And follow our Instagram, Modern Maker Podcast, and we'll post the the hashtags and stuff like that for submissions and things like that.
0: awesome i didn't think we were going to start it this week but i'm excited yeah and uh yeah we'll follow this up like you said on our instagram with like official rules and official how to enter but it's going to be instagram based that way if you don't make youtube videos no problem if you want to make a video for it we'd love to see it and definitely include that that way we can put it all in a playlist maybe send a few people uh, send a few viewers your way maybe get a little bit of a audience bump from it but for the most part we'll do our submissions through instagram you'll have to basically on a post tag us use the hit the hashtag uh two two by four challenge and i think that's it right yeah just tag modern maker podcast in it and then hashtag two two by four challenge and you'll be entered
2: you're in sounds
0: good Awesome. Okay. Sorry, we're making up these rules (laughs) on the fly. So, (laughs) but yeah, I think that's. I think that should be good. Do you have any ideas, Chris? Yet?
2: Uh, No, I was kind of waiting to see what the rules were going to be before. I I, I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself and come up with something and then find out that the rules were different and be like, oh man, now I really want to like try to shoehorn that idea into rules that don't fit it. So I was like, oh, let's see what the rules are. Then I'll start thinking about it. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. So I got my thinking cap on now.
0: Awesome. Well, if you enjoy the podcast and you're not already subscribed, we would love for you to be subscribed. That way you can stay updated every time we post a new show. Uh, If you have not left us a review on iTunes yet, we would really, really appreciate you doing that. That helps us get in front of viewers, helps us, you know, helps new people find us, essentially. Plus, if you have any cool feedback you want to give us in the review, maybe you think a cool show topic idea or, you know, maybe just a question that you think we could answer on a weekend show, give it to us on a review and we promise we'll answer it that's we'll give that little caveat it's a guaranteed answer if it's in a five-star review mike guarantees it um yeah it's that's a mark guarantee and you can count on me for that or my name's not mark (laughs) yeah or my name's not mark uh, but yeah, give us a review And I think that's about it, right? Yeah, it sounds pretty good Stick around for the weekend show Not stick around, but look forward to it uh, We got a cool guest And we got some cool stuff to talk about So it should be a lot of fun If you have any questions you want us to answer Leave us a review, hit us up through email Or if you want to leave a voice message You can do that as well Try and keep it under a minute That way it's not taking up too much time And kind of keeps, everything, keeps the show rolling pretty well Other than that, I think that's all we have See you next time guys. Later. Bye. Bye. See you on the weekend. You filthy
1: animals. That's <laughs>
0: more that's home alone. <laughs> more home
2: yeah. alone callbacks.